0: Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the land of crowdfunding? Well, if you have stumbled upon this podcast, you probably know what it is. But if not, let's just say you're a brand new user. It's the first time you got here. Let's talk about what this is. Well, I'm your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. uh, And this podcast is talking to project creators while they're in the middle of an active crowdfunding campaign. And that campaign can be anything. That can be reward-based like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or it can be like our conversation today with Vegan Fine Foods uh, on the platform WeFunder. We're gonna be talking about equity crowdfunding today and how people can be owners of companies now, which is an amazing thing. So so I kind of spilled the beans a little bit, but we're gonna be talking to Steven Smith from the company Vegan Fine Foods. And like I said a minute ago, they're currently running a WeFunder campaign um, and they are trying to uh, raise money to help them franchise their grocery stores, um, and also bring new products to market. So they're they're all about vegan. They're down in I think in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida, and you know they, their campaign's been up for a few weeks now, and they're currently sitting at about one hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars with three hundred and seventy-six investors. So this campaign is uh, is is going well at this point. So um, but but yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about in a little bit so what else is going on well summer is closing out here over at one wins away you may even hear some chaos behind me got the kids home for uh, another couple weeks but the big news is next week we're going to be going on vacation yeah that's right we're going to go uh drive around michigan and and uh go to a bunch of different spots and try to unplug for a little bit which is next to impossible for uh for a guy like myself you know i'm I got to check in, right? Got to make everybody feel like they're, com- you know, that, that they're taken care of. So, um, but yeah, so that's big news here. So everybody's super excited for that. And then right after that, when we get back, we've got Labor Day and then school starts. My kids get back to school, which I got to be honest, thank God, because I uh, we need to get some structure back in here. You know, play dates are nice and all. But it's, you know, we're spinning a lot of plates here, right? You know, when you got the the kids behind you and you're trying to do a podcast episode and you got your wife, she's working uh, at another spot. She's on a call right now. So we just, you know, when you work from home, these summers can be kind of brutal. But yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. What What else? What else? What else? What else? Well, last night was intriguing. Uh, so I've been playing softball for a number of years now, right? It's a, it's a Wednesday pastime in the summers. Um, and I've played at a place called Rotunda Fields. It's, uh, I think Ford created these softball fields back in, maybe in the seventies. I don't even know. It was a while ago. I definitely gotta be mid some in the seventies. Well, last night, uh, it came to a close, uh, my final softball ever there. I actually, uh, hit the last out. I hit a line shot back to the pitcher and. That was the last out on these fields because they're tearing the fields down, probably going to make some condos or something in, uh, in Dearborn, Michigan for all my local listeners. You know, so it was definitely like a moment of, you know, the umpire who was umping, umping our game. You know, he was, uh, you know, he's been umping for whatever it was, 20 years, 15 years, a long time, basically. So he was, you know, you can tell he was like, yeah, this is the last time I'll be umping here. Um so there's kind of like a lot of emotion. So definitely had a couple beers with the guys last night afterwards. And now we're up roaring and ready to go on this uh, Thursday afternoon. And uh, but yeah, so that's what's been going on. So things, things are going okay. You know, we're just trying to get these kids back in school, which I got to tell you, I mean, I've ranted about this before. I don't understand the summers. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't get three months off. Uh, You know, my kids now have bad sleeping habits. They're up they're barely eating their breakfast it's like they're you know so we got to get back in this grind like next week which is gonna be could be challenging so if, if any of you out there are listening and you guys have a political poll i think we need to do year-round schools yeah i really do you know with like two weeks off here and that sort of stuff <sighs> i don't think it's gonna happen though okay all right let's move on so um like I said, we're going to be talking to Stephen Smith here in just a second. He's the creator of uh, Vegan Fine Foods, and we're going to get right into the weeds on how he came up with this idea, how he's a part of it, what, what he's been doing, what the money's for, all that sort of stuff. We're going to be talking about equity crowdfunding in general. So if it's something that, that you're thinking about doing, this conversation is def- definitely going to be some uh, right for you. All right. A little bit of housekeeping. If you're a fan of the podcast, please make sure to go over to iTunes and leave us a review. Just literally be like, yeah, I enjoyed my time. I had a great time. You know, write something nice. You can even write something negative. You know, maybe you hate what's going on right now. Maybe you're just like, this is the worst thing ever. I don't know. I doubt it. I hope not. But but maybe you're really angry about something. You know. So yeah, that's something you can do. Um, and then also if you are thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, no matter what, go to woodshed.agency, click the consultation button, set up a call with me. I 100% guarantee you, I'm going to give you things that you're not thinking of right now. And I'm, uh, it's all about success, right? We want you to have success, um, in bringing your product or your idea to market. Uh, And there's a lot of factors involved here and a lot of different things. And by the way, it's also changing all the time. So even if you think you got a grasp on it, maybe I can give you some uh, tips or heads up as to uh, new things that might be coming. So a lot of stuff there. So those are the couple things you can do um, past that. If you're thinking about maybe investing or trying out equity crowdfunding and see if it's something for you, you don't have to be an accredited investor. So go over to WeFunder now, uh, search for vegan fine foods, check it out, see if it's right for you. All right. I think that's good. Got it all out. All right, guys. All right, let's go ahead and kick my conversation from uh, with Vegan Fine Foods. And here we go. To a tree to
1: find safety.
0: The water kept
1: rising, but you kept on climbing. After two days passed from holding.
0: All right, Steven, the uh, red light is on, so don't get nervous. We're just doing a podcast here. There's nothing to be nervous about. Let's, uh, but let's start off with a quick sound check. Uh, why don't you tell my listeners what you had for breakfast this morning? I had a really
2: nice smoothie. Okay. Uh, just mixed with uh, fruits and vegetables. You know, that, that was my breakfast.
0: I was wondering if you were going to say, oh, I had a uh, you know, bacon, cheese, and sandwich. And be like, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, wait, wait, what, what? <laughs> what's going on here?
0: It could have been tempeh
2: bacon, you know, or some kind of, you know, (laughs) vegan bacon alternative, you know?
0: Right, right. I was just wondering, I was just going to wonder if I caught you. Uh, So that's good. (laughs) And what did you put in the smoothie now? Do you put any like protein stuff in it at all or do you just go just straight smoothie?
2: Well, I know I put some, some, some supplements in it, but basically it's a combination. I do like bananas and spinach and, you know, squash and cucumber and then I put, you know, a little turmeric in it.
0: Ah, Mr. Healthy. Yeah, You're healthy. You're checking off all the boxes here. i yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think we're sounding good. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and jump right into it? So uh, why don't you tell my listeners um, what you are currently raising money for, on what platform, and what your uh, what your project is?
2: Okay, so um, you know our company is Vegan Fine Foods, and we are raising money on on WeFunder.com. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to, to fund our expansion plan. So we have some key initiatives for 2019 that we're trying to fund um, as, we, as we take the business to the next level, All right? So we opened uh, we opened our first location, our first brick-and-mortar store in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, back in uh, March 2018. And it's just been an amazing year plus since we've been open. And uh, we, we, we feel that the model has been tested and proven that it will work. So now we're trying to grow. And, and, yeah, that's you know, awesome yeah
0: that's really great Uh, you know so what was the steps to open that first um brick and mortar store i mean that seems like that's a huge undertaking you know what was kind of what was going on behind the scenes to get that launched
2: yeah well you know it's the first time ever i've ever done anything like this so it was definitely a major undertaking but the hardest part was finding the right location Mm -hmm. once i made the uh, decision to, to to move forward with this business um i started looking for locations and i spent gosh six to eight months trying to find the right place and i stumbled across a place in downtown fort lauderdale that just checked off all the boxes except one didn't have a parking lot (laughs) Um, but but everything else was was really nice so once i um you know was able to get that space negotiated the lease and that kind of thing signed the lease um it was pretty much an empty box So I had to hire, you know, con- an architect, contractor. I had vision of what I wanted it to look like, and I uh, worked with a really good architect, and we put it all together. And the build out took about eight months.
0: Wow! Before we actually to- long, long time, yeah. So now, now, what starts to happen in terms of okay, you have the physical location. What starts to happen in terms of finding product, making sure that it's on brand and on point, um, you know. What what does that entail then?
2: Yeah, so for the types of products that we sell, you know, we make pretty healthy food products, vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a few major distributors in the United States uh, that that specialize in those types of products. And I knew about them. I had contacted them prior to opening the store. So I had some time to really get up to speed with how they work, uh, the products that they carry. They don't carry exactly the same products to two. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to have a nice balance between sort of national brands and local brands. So it was just a process of figuring that out. Um, but it wasn't really that difficult because I, I, I knew the products I'm, you know, I've been a vegan for over 20 years. Mm. So I was familiar with, with what I wanted to have, you know, the products I wanted to bring to the store.
0: Wow. What, what made the, what was the decision behind going vegan 20 years ago? Uh, well, um, I had just finished graduate
2: school, um, and you know, I was really, you know, the years I was in graduate school, I, I guess my diet consisted of McDonald's, Burger King, yeah. and something.
0: Wendy's fries, Wendy's and exactly. the Frosty, that's great. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, and you, by looking at me when I finished, you could tell that was, my <laughs> so, you know, I looked at myself and said, okay, now I need to get my health under control. So it was mainly just to, to, to get healthy again, to get back in shape. And I didn't really know much about being a vegan. And that was not really the intention. I just wanted to sort of cleanse my system and, and start eating better. Right. But once I uh, gave up meat and dairy, I just started feeling so good. And, you know, I started shedding all the excess weight. Just never looked back.
0: Yeah. And 20 years ago is a whole different um, world around vegan lifestyle, products that are available, um, food choices. I mean, uh, here in our house, we're a vegetarian house. My wife is vegan. Um, you know, so I, I just know. 20 years ago this the options were not there like we are right now i mean right now it's you know it's carried in a lot of stores there's a lot of options for it and, and have you found that that be the same thing uh, over your journey over the last 20 years oh,
2: absolutely yeah so 20 years actually so i, I made the transition in 1997 mm. so it's actually 22 years ago yeah yeah i mean that the, the options were were, were very limited and, you know, and this is, you know, it all worked out because this is how I got the idea for vegan fine foods mm-hmm. because I had to go to so many places to find the types of things that I wanted. So any, any given week, you know, I was going to three, four, five different stores, specialty stores, health stores, find the products I wanted. So, um, it was, it was a lot tougher back then, but it's gotten so easy now. Now it's pretty much mainstream.
0: Right. And, and, and do you see... That continuing, is that something that you're kind of predicting that like more and more people are going to get healthy? I mean, I even know that it gets down to even like CO2 emissions. If we just stopped eating meat every single day, you know, the CO2 emissions for like carbon imprint and stuff like that. Do you see this continuing to be a more and more of a trend, um, globally and, and sort of that stigma starting to kind of wash off of like, oh, you're a vegan, you know, just that, that, that ridiculous narrative that unfortunately does exist in the world. Do you see that kind of continuing to shift and change? I do. I do.
2: And I think all the data is supporting that. Right. So if you look at, you know, sort of the growth in plant-based products compared to sort of regular food, you know, Mm -hmm. category uh, type products, um, plant-based products are growing at five times, five times a rate, you know, so I do see this trend continuing, but I also see, you know, it's sort of like you got two camps here because there's another side that are really committed to eating meat and they love (laughs) that, which is, you know, that's fine. Everybody, you know, I'm not one to push, any diet on anyone, Mm -hmm. but there's some folks that are digging in on that side as well. And I think some of the projections as far as, um, you know, farming and meat production, um, that continues to grow as well. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm not sure how this is all going to play out, but definitely I think that the the, the trends on, on the vegan and plant-based side of the market will continue to grow.
0: And, and and what for you on like a day-to-day basis is sort of the hardest thing to just, to, is it, is it finding food? Is it just staying on the, Uh, on this diet, what sort of like the hardest thing mentally, um, for you and a day-to-day basis?
2: Well, for me, no. I have to tell you, I mean, this is just my lifestyle. I don't even think about it anymore. I mean, I have my routine in place. I know, you know, I shop for the same things and I'm a pretty simple guy. I pretty much eat the same thing every day. (laughs) It's not that complicated for me. So no, no, there's no more difficulty for me. But as far as our customers and friends and other folks that I know that are moving in this direction, they are faced with lots of challenges. Um, And I think a lot of it is also if someone is doing it, but let's say other members of their family or their friends Are not buying in. That's also a big challenge
0: for them. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely a social element there. I mean, I I know even even in in our small community, you know, my wife and we go to a party, we bring our own food half the time, just because you just don't want to be. I just don't want to be a burden. (laughs) 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 I don't want to be an asshole. I just I brought my own veggie burger thing. If you could just put that next to the to the meat, that'd be great. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, what's been you know since you've opened that first location and you're still and, and and that's a young location too right it's, it's still pretty early yeah. what's been going on what's like the numbers been looking like behind the scenes what's the traction been like what's the what's the vibe and energy
2: yeah well it's been it's been there has been some serious challenges that, that we faced. i think um as far as the customer response you know since we've opened our doors you know we've been overwhelmed with customers mm-hmm. so i think if you look at the number of customers let's say on a weekly basis we've been pretty steady it's gone up you know now florida where we are in south florida is it's very seasonal so mm-hmm. you know winter time the population almost doubles here all mm-hmm. right? right really busy we call that season mm-hmm. and then you know now in the summertime, you know things are, are slower so we see you know seasonality in our customer and our customer base, but overall no we 've been doing really well, but behind the scenes, of course, there are the challenges that all retailers are facing because retail is tough and the margins are, are, are tight, and especially when you 're new we don 't have the efficiencies yet we 're still working on our systems and processes, so I find that challenging, and even you know even though we 've been open for fifteen or sixteen months um, we 're still doing a build out you know we 're always trying to improve on things and okay, we need to do this now in this section and so on, buy this equipment. So all of that's going on while we're still trying to, you know, serve the customers and provide the service and, and products that they want.
0: And are you noticing um, because of that, like physical location, maybe, maybe customers coming in that aren't typically vegan and there maybe they're seeing, you know, they're, they're just, they're exploring a little bit more. Are you seeing that uh, behind the scenes?
2: Yeah, so our estimate is 75% of our customers are not vegan. Wow. Okay, so We've got, we got a, you know, 25%, you know, they're, they're, they're hardcore vegans and they love what we're doing and they'll support us. They'll drive from Miami or West Palm Beach, which is like an hour away or, a half you know, between a half hour and an hour away, people are coming just just to support us. Definitely that core 25%, which is made up of vegans. But the other 75%, um, yeah, they're still there and they like what we're doing and and, and they're, they're repeat customers as well. And, and, and I think a lot of them are feeling good when they come to our store because they feel like, even if it's one meal a week, well, at least I'm eating vegan. Right. Eating vegan.
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's a huge step for people. It is. Um, I mean, I, I think about it, um, you know, so, uh, my dad is a very unhealthy person, right? He, <laughs> he, he does not subscribe to a lot of this stuff. And it's always funny. Like when my mom calls me and like, we didn't eat any meat yesterday. Like it's a, you know, like, you know, it's like, well, great. <laughs> That's right. And what about a, today? Even, it's a thing of yeah, well, today we we went to we went to Wendy's, but but yeah, it's like all right. Well, it's one day, you know. Just got to keep adding them on there. So so um, now I may be a little ignorant on this. I'm not a a grocery store a connoisseur or anything like that. But you know, here locally we have stores, uh, Kroger, and I think they're everywhere. I, I think they're all over the place. But we have a Kroger, and they have their own brands, right? Like they have like Kroger ketchup and Kroger cheeses and stuff. Are you guys doing something similar in the vegan space at all in terms of like having your own? Product lines and stuff too.
2: Yeah, so that's one. That's one of the major initiatives we're, we're actually going to be funding with uh, the proceeds from this, you know, um, campaign. Um, yeah, we call it private label products. So we yeah. partner with different manufacturers, and we our goal is to have our own branded products in mm. each food category. You know that we have on our shelves and in our freezers and refrigerators. Yeah. So, yeah, so we definitely are going to do that. That's a major part of uh, our strategy. And it's, and it's also a key way that we're going to differentiate ourselves from all the other places and stores and products out there with our own brands.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. What, So, like, what, I guess for that sort of process, what's going on behind the scenes in terms of like, is there like... Um, we want to have this type of quality. We want to have this sort of appeal. Is there, are, are those some of the things, what are you looking for when you're thinking about those kind of, uh, those kind of uh, verticals?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's a combination of things that we look for. Um, so of course we need to partner with manufacturers that, that meet you know, our criteria in terms of quality and types of products that, that, that they uh, produce. Um, and as far as you know, being healthy, and this is something that we're focused. So being a vegan, it's a pretty wide tent. Right? Because you have a lot of vegan foods that aren't necessarily that healthy.
1: Right. Yeah. Right?
2: You have lots of fat, you know, saturated fat and sometimes sugar and that kind of thing. And then you have the other extreme where, you know, you have really healthy, even products that are raw, mm-hmm. you don't have any preservatives or anything. And our customers, you know, like all of that. So we're just trying to be, you know, we're trying to balance it where we have some of our branded products that appeal to folks that maybe new vegans but still have a desire for some, you know, sweet products or things like that, in addition to partnering with um, manufacturers to do more healthy type uh, of products. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, I, I think it's uh, I can see that being such a huge part of expanding this past just a brick and mortar, right? Just starting to have the ability to to be carried at my Kroger up here at some point, maybe I, you know, something along those lines, like that, that's a, that's a, it seems like a, a very important part of your business as to why you're doing an equity raise and that sort of stuff. So, right. That's cool. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about what, like what, would franchising look like what um how is that sort of talked about internally what are you guys thinking about with that is there certain locations you're thinking of what, what are you guys thinking about with franchising
2: all right so probably a, within the first quarter of being open so within the first three months um we started getting a lot of uh, inquiries wow this is a great concept i'd like to man you should open one here or you should open one there parts <laughs> And we started, you know, we have a lot of followers on on Instagram and social media in general that are from all over the country. And and I think a lot of those folks are vegan and they find this really uh, interesting um, what we're doing. So once we started getting those inquiries, we realized that there's some potential. This model has some potential to, you know, to grow beyond this location. Um, So we started speaking to a number of people that specialize in franchising and looking at the numbers, we agreed that this is a good model for franchising. And what we've decided to do, you know, vegan fine foods as a market, there's sort of three pieces to vegan fine foods. We have the grocery section. We have our cafe, our prepared food sections, which we call, we've branded vegan fine cafe. Mm -hmm. And then we have sort of health and beauty care products. and, And we're branding that vegan fine body. So on the franchising side, we've decided to offer prospective franchisees three options. They can franchise the entire package, which is Vegan Fine Foods, and they get vegan fine, ca- vegan fine Cafe and Vegan Fine Body as part of that. Or they can franchise Vegan Fine Cafe as a standalone business hmm. or Vegan Fine Body as a standalone mm-hmm. business. So that's our plan. So we, we are pretty much 95% done with the process. Uh, we have our franchise disclosure agreement, which is that key agreement. Yeah. And we're just finalizing that. And then we will be selling franchises. And I have about at least 30 inquiries serious inquiries from across the country that
0: are interested in, in you know moving forward with that so we'll and, see. and what would that entail for like you personally is that you know are you then you know make overseeing that they're that they're staying on brand that they're keeping that core aesthetic like what starts to happen for you particularly
2: yeah so th- that's one that's really the key is that you know we provide all well first of all there's an operations manual that will detail everything that needs to be done. So let's say, for example, in Vegan Fine Cafe, and our menu, you know, that menu will be consistent regardless of where where the location Mm -hmm. is. And it's our job as a franchisor to make sure that franchisees have all the tools, all the information they need to be able to produce a consistent product. uh, and, And the service that goes along with that. So we will have a team that works with our franchisees to make sure, that, first of all, to help them choose the locations, to help them write their business plans, do their market research, and so on. And then once they start the build out, to walk them through the entire process. And then once the operations start, to really, you know, help them setting up the right systems and processes to be able to do what we, what we need them to do. So it's a lot of work on our part as a franchisor. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, you know, I'm excited to, 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 to do that
0: yeah no i mean that all that stuff sounds exciting i mean i i uh you love when you hear growth happening naturally and you just hear it like it, it like it's just it's not forced growth it's just growth because that's what demand is people are saying hey i i want it here like that's to me is like the that's natural business great good business so uh that that's really awesome you know are there sort of I got to imagine that, I mean, what you're doing, there are models to follow. Is there like, um, you know, is it I'm following the Whole Foods model at first or I'm following Trader Joe's model to some degree? Is, it, is there something that's sort of um, like your guidepost that you're like, we want to be somewhere between this type of f- store? Is there anything like that?
2: Yeah. So, so of course, Whole Foods was very influential in, in our current model in terms of how we've built the store, you know, with our grocery section and our prepared food section and our body section, because, mm-hmm. you know, Whole Foods is called Whole Body, right. you know, we're, ours is Vegan Fine Body. So yeah, definitely they've been very um, influential in what we're doing. Um, now, Trader Joe's as well, both Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, you know, they have their private label brands, right? At Whole Foods is 365 and Trader Joe's and every product category, they have their brands. So that's also been very influential. We're following that model as well. I think where we differ is the fact that we're going to grow via franchising. And they franchise. So all of their locations are company-owned. Ours are going to be primarily franchises. However, we will consider opening additional company-owned stores in select markets. So we, Mm. you know, know, I, I predict that, you know, in terms of our growth, of locations, probably ninety-five percent will be through franchising, and five percent will be company-owned stores. But
0: you know what's intriguing, and, and this just kind of my thought on this is, you know, because vegan is such a personal thing for a lot of people. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it makes up my wife's identity a lot, right? Like it is, it, it, it's it, so I can see how franchising would be a, a really strong thing here because you'd want that person behind the scenes to really own this idea and have it be a part of your life. Like you're describing, like I don't even think about it. It's been 20, 20 years where I can see that being different with like a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods. Like It's a grocery store, but you have a, you have a very niche audience that is, uh, has probably has a much higher identity factor inside of that niche. If that makes sense.
2: Absolutely. And yeah, and I think that's a, a huge thing for us a huge way that we're different from your typical grocery store or franchise um, the fact that, I mean, this vegan, is more of a movement now. It's an identity. It's a lifestyle. And for folks who are really into it and really believe in this, you know, plant-based, and people do it for different reasons, sometimes for health. Sometimes, you know, people are, really care about animals and don't want, really want to see this farming and right. factory farming and that type of thing. So whatever the reason is, people, people really identify with the fact that, you know, they're vegan or they're vegetarian and so yeah. on. Um, so that's why we think franchising is really, really uh, a good good way for us to grow because these folks it gives them an opportunity to do their part and also bring this type these types of products uh to their own community yeah um while at the same time running their own business uh and i know a lot of these folks don't want to go into a whole foods even Mm -hmm. though whole foods has really good products they don't want to be in a place where meat is being sold or fish or anything like that i think that is something that really uh differentiates us and it's more than just a business model is part of a movement
0: yeah no that's awesome that's awesome so how did the idea of running a equity campaign start popping up where what are those early conversations that you're like hey we should we should maybe look at this WeFunder." funder what, what what was that like well okay
2: um well a couple of one story i'm going to tell you um when it comes to crowdfunding, so you're familiar with Kickstarter. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, and they pretty much were the first mover in this space and uh, been very influential in the growth of crowdfunding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the founder of Kickstarter, Perry Chen, mm-hmm. uh, is actually a friend of mine. And I knew Perry. We both lived in New Orleans together back in the early 2000s. And when he came up with the business plan, I actually helped him write his business plan for Kickstarter. <laughs> so I've been attached to crowdfunding going back to the early days of Kickstarter.
0: Yeah. We um, met uh, just just heads up. Uh, my my business partner Sean and I we met Perry in 2008 at an event in Detroit, and we were like, "Hey, we have this idea for franchising recording studios." And he's like, "Oh, you got to see this thing Kickstarter that I'm working on." <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, that was that's what we need. <laughs> that's crazy." That's amazing. It's yeah, a pretty small world. Uh, yeah, so
2: so 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 crowdfunding has always, you know, since since it's you know uh, since it's grown the way it has, I've always followed it. And um, so bringing it back to vegan fine foods, you know, I funded this myself. I funded the uh, the, the company, the, the the build out, and everything myself. You know, you get to a point where you can only go so far with your own resources. And in order to grow, you know, you need investment capital. Mm-hmm and um, and so crowdfunding was a perfect way, especially with what we're doing, our mission, our vision. Um, I thought crowdfunding would be would be an ideal way to fund our seed round. yeah now, if you go forward, you know obviously if we raise uh, additional you know capital in additional rounds, um, it may be a different approach. Mm-hmm. but I thought crowdfunding was a perfect fit for where we are and what we're trying to do.
0: yeah and what had to behind the scenes what had to start happening? for you to even get on the platform and to get your numbers in order what, what what had to start happening behind the scenes
2: well once the decision was made to you know raise capital this way um what I started doing was researching the different platforms mm-hmm. right because there are a number of platforms that are you know equity crowdfunding platforms mm-hmm. so i went through that process and made the decision to go with wefunder and you know contacted the folks um at wefunder and they pretty much gave me all the steps that we needed to go through, um, the financial reviews and everything else, uh, all the SEC requirements. Um, so yeah, they, they did a really nice job of walking us, of walking me through the process mm-hmm. and my team. Uh, and that's how we got everything be up and running.
0: That's cool. And you mentioned team. Walk me through that. What, what kind of team do you have around you right now that's uh, not only allowing this campaign to go, but also is helping with the stores and stuff? Like Like how are you putting together people and what are you looking for? Uh, in terms of team members?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, uh, you know, I'm also a professor at a business school. Mm -hmm. So I'm around a lot of folks (laughs) who are into business. They have lots of experience, both my colleagues and also students and former students and that type of thing. So, you know, I have a lot of really talented people around me. So I built my team from this network that I have here. Um, So we have, you know, um, our chief marketing officer who who you've met, uh, Mm -hmm. Scott Schotter. And Scott, you know, he's not affiliated with the university, um, but he he came on board once, um, you know, he sort of handled our marketing, and and he's a, you know handles all our marketing at, at at vegan fine foods. So he's a key member of our team. And then our chief financial officer is one of my colleagues. Um, he has a PhD in finance, and he's worked in finance for many years. And you know he brings a lot to the team. Uh, We have our chief operations officer, Shara Sherbandi, who does and has, does a lot of amazing things in operations, and she's helping us get our systems in place. So again, I built the team that way. Um, Our lead investor is uh, Dr. Scott Alter, Mm -hmm. who uh, is actually a medical doctor, but also, you know, has experience in other industries and has brought a lot to the team Mm -hmm. and so on. We have uh, one other person I have to mention. Her name is uh, Iselgis Garcia, who's on our board of directors. And again, she also has a very strong financial background yeah. so that's really our our core team um, and I couldn't do this by myself. I couldn't do it without
0: him. yeah, it definitely takes a team and but for you as like as you know as the one championing this message, did you feel like you had to seek out certain types of people or it's like certain mentors uh, and I bring this up because I literally just got back from a conference where we were talking about this stuff in terms of like you know putting people around you you know that gets what you're doing, but can elevate what you're working on and has networks. Did you find, like, did you feel like you had to find people like that around you?
2: Yes, I did. And, you know, and and it's been a process, right? So as we've opened, you know, because again, this this is my first time really doing a retail business like this. um, I started learning as, as we, you know, as things evolved and, and realized the type of people that I needed to bring around me Mm -hmm. or, add to the team. So for example, we just brought on a new chef. His name is Chef Johnny. And you know, he's a vegan chef and he's passionate about it. And he's brought a lot to the team. Whereas before we didn't have that, right. somebody that knowledgeable as far as preparing the foods and that, and that type of thing. And so as we go, you know, we realize where the gaps are. Yeah. And then I try to go out and search to find the right, right talent to fill those gaps.
0: Yeah. That's, that's super crucial and important. So, you know, like, so what, what keeps you up at night? what's the thing that you're like, Nah, I gotta, I gotta fix this. <laughs> you know, what, what's one thing?
2: Yeah. You know, that's a good question. There's a lot of things these days that keep me up. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the, I think something that surprised me, you know, maintaining a strong team, like the employees, right. Making sure that, you know, cause in food service, I've learned in this business, you know, this hot turnover yeah. and in South Florida, you know, we have a lot of sort of folks that come and go So, you know, we see that in terms of um, employees. So that is something we have to pay extra attention to Just making sure we are constantly, you know, so we always are looking for folks, right? Mm -hmm. We're always, we always have an add up looking for folks because of the turnover. But I think we we do have a good core team. Um, But I think that's something that concerns us and we have to stay on top of. And of course, again, as I mentioned, you know, retail these days is tough and especially in the slow periods, you know, Mm because it's so cyclical. Right. And, um, you know, and it's in the slow periods. you know, you just got to make sure that we're generating enough revenue to be able to cover our costs. Mm-hmm. So that keeps me up at night as well. So those are, those are probably the main thing. <laughs>
0: uh, those are, those are two big ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those aren't two easy things to just fix, you know, uh, uh and I'm sure too, I, I would imagine that, you know, with staff, um, you know, at this point, I mean, they're also brand ambassadors. They are your, you know, your, your, your front door to a to your products, your world, what you're building, I'm assuming that you're going to want them to be very knowledgeable, very passionate, really believe in this stuff, and it's not just somebody right off the street I, I would assume right like is that is that probably a fair statement
2: yeah, it's a very fair statement and you know and so far, I mean our staff is not all vegan, mm-hmm. but I would say majority vegan and you know they want to work for us, they want to be part of vegan fine foods, and they're passionate about you know what they're doing because yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's been really help, helpful and you're right. They they have been brand ambassadors and, and as a result, you know, they provide a higher level of uh, customer service. Um, and you know, as they're talking about the products or recommending things to customers, you can see that it's genuine and sincere and they really, you know, they really want to help. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's been really important for us. That's cool. And, and
0: you know, if you put the, uh, you know, the old, uh, future hat on here. What does like five years look like? I mean, where do you see, maybe not even just vegan fine foods, but where do you predict in five years, either, either the, the vegan industry is grocery stores, brick and mortar? Like, you know, what do you got, what do you think about five years from now?
2: Well, yeah, I, I say five years from now, you know, I don't think we've really scratched the surface uh, of the potential Of plant-based foods and vegan foods and so on. So I think this is just going to continue to grow exponentially. Um, It's going to continue to be more mainstream. I think with this younger generation, and I think that's really they're really going to be the key because a lot of these young young folks, you know, just based on the information available online, that kind of thing, they understand a lot of the issues and a lot of these things that we didn't understand about the food supply and about farming and you know how animals are right. You know, raised and so on. So I, I, I do think, um, as these younger folks continue to, you know, become consumers, um, these products are, are going to be in high high demand. Um, yeah. It's going to be pretty much mainstream.
0: And is, right. is is there any sort of thing that would not allow plant based food to continue to soar? Is there any like you know danger zone out there somehow that 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 you that you can predict or see?
2: Well, I, I still think you have some, you know. When you look at, let's say, the dairy industry, and the dairy industry is definitely struggling now, right? Because milk alternatives have exploded, and if you look at, you know, sort of. Traditional- we're,
0: we're drinking pea uh, pea milk over here at the Wenzel house, <laughs> but and there's so many, and, and, and there's so many options. <laughs> Why, and I stuff. don't know. That's what we have right now in the fridge. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I do think you know, the, you know, these traditional companies and industries are very formidable. And they're not just going to just give up their market and right. say, okay, it's over, you know, we're just going to, you know, it's, all, it's a vegan world now. Right. No, I think they're going to, you know, again, fight very hard for their customers and continue to push their products and, and, they're, and they're still selling a lot. So whether you're talking about the fast food industry, the Burger Kings or McDonald's, I think they'll offer more and more vegan options but they're still selling lots of burgers right. and you go into your traditional grocery stores, um, as you continue to see consolidation in that industry, I do think they'll continue to push the products that they've always sold. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll adjust to customer demand, but I don't think, um, you know, five years from now, as I said, I think there's still going to be stores selling meats and, uh, you know, other animal yeah. yeah. products. Um, but I do think, you know, the percentage of the food industry that is plant-based will continue to grow very quickly.
0: What what are the general stats in terms of like uh like the vegan community? Is there like numbers that you can quote and be like, you know, we we if we went from a 15% market share to 25% market share? I mean, is is there stuff that you guys think about uh numbers-wise like that?
2: Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, I, yeah, the, the the most recent number I saw, which was um just like 2 days ago, is that plant-based Food products are growing five times the rate of traditional food products, right? So in terms of how that looks five years from now, in terms of market share for those products, I don't know those numbers off the top of my head. Um, but but yeah, so that I you know, I don't want to just throw numbers out there that I'm not
0: sure about. I'm sure that's growing. I mean, you can feel it. You can just feel it and see it when you walk into a store. I mean, it's completely different than even a year ago to some degree. You know, and you know again I, I'll, I'll make fun of myself. I'm drinking pea protein milks right I, it, That was not an, it might have been an option a year ago, but it certainly wasn't at our local uh, fresh time or it would just we didn't have it, but now we're buying two bottles a week.
2: So. but I will tell you that I mean there's so much there's so many things going on now, and there's so many sort of really innovative companies out here that are doing and you know working on meatless products and if you see what's happening with the banyan meat company yep. and the Oswald burger i mean it's just really exploding and 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 so there are, and there are even companies now that are growing meat products in the lab so I they're know. not animals I've so seen that too. that's going to be a whole new segment of the industry and that's going to create some really ethical dilemmas for lots of people because if it's really meat but you're not you know killing an animal to produce it well would, would a vegan eat it Right. Are you, if, you know, so the, there's some real ethical issues that, that are going to be, you know, continue to, 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 to you know, um, be out there that folks are going to have to deal with as, as, as this industry evolves.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think this industry is, is, is fascinating because... It affects all of us. We all need to eat, right? Like it's yeah. it's not going to go away. It's not a it's, hit, not, it it's not a hit right. trendy app that we're not using anymore. Like oh, I would never use that app anymore.
1: That's
0: <laughs> you right. Got to so well, let's wrap up here a little bit. So I mean, you know, when the campaign ends and you know whatever you guys raise comes in, what starts happening? I mean, what's the process? What what starts happening with this fund that you're you're going after? What what for you do you need to do? What is your team doing? What, what does it look like?
2: Yeah. So you know. I, the key will be if we hit our target, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't know how much we're going to raise. But once the campaign is over and we have, you know, now we've already passed our minimum, right? So the minimum for our our campaign was $50,000. Currently, I think we're at about, you know, just under a hundred thousand. So we'll see how far we can go, how close we can get to our target. And then once we do that, and we wrap up the campaign, then we'll figure out how to allocate those resources among those key uh, growth initiatives that I mentioned. And just to sort of reiterate, you know, again, it's um, really pursuing the franchising and marketing and promoting our franchise ch- franchising. Mm-hmm. Uh, second is we want to launch our e-commerce platform, right? And then third is those private label branded products. So we have our priorities and based on how much we actually raise, we'll determine, you know, how we allocate
0: that's Definitely. awesome. Yeah. Well, Stephen, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know where it's busy right now. You've got an active campaign going on and we're actually all working on it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we're all checking off to do's, but, uh, I, 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 I love this brand. I love your product. I love what you're working on. Uh, it would be really awesome to have a uh, one of your franchise locations here uh, just outside of Detroit. Well, it's on our list. So, uh, you know, let, here, let know, that's, that's the plan. Minimum, minimum. I know you have two customers coming in all the time. So, uh, <laughs> so that's bare minimum. So if you could do that for us, it'd be great. But uh, but I encourage everybody out there, you know, at least go check out the WeFunder page, do some clicking around, follow you guys on social media because I know you got a lot of stuff there. Where else can people kind of find uh, more information if they want to start kind of doing some Googling? Where, where do people need to go to find you?
2: Okay, so of course they can go right directly to the WeFunder campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Which is WeFunder.com forward slash um, They can also go to our Instagram, which is just you know, at vegan fine foods and, and our Facebook page. And then, of course, our website. So our website is, you know, veganfinefoods.com. So those are the places where, where we're putting out all the information that we have.
0: The- cool. Update. And if anybody has any questions, are they, do you mind if they reach out to you? Uh, should they reach out? How, how, oh yeah,
2: I don't mind. I actually encourage people to reach out to me. I'll, I'll be happy to take calls and, or, or emails and answer any question I can. Um, should I give my yeah. information yeah. out? Biomics. Okay. My email is steven, S-T-E-V-E-N, at veganfinefoods.com. And uh, folks can also call me directly at uh, 646-721-2823.
0: Awesome. Well, Stephen, like I said, I appreciate you taking time, and uh, this was a great interview. And I wish you nothing but nothing but success and uh, good luck in the future. Here, thanks so much. Well,
2: well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for all your help, your support. Really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks. All right. How about that conversation? So Stephen was a great, great interview. I appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to for us to all chat. Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of plates spinning on his end as well. Um, but I really think this is an interesting opportunity to invest in. I mean, you know, I think the future is going to continue to push more and more towards, uh, eating more healthy. Um, I think we are coming out of a, where actually I'm not coming out of, I think we're in a health crisis right now with the food that we're eating and, 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 and the amount of sugar and everything and everything being processed. So, um, I think we're going to constantly continue to get more and more into this, uh, a better, a better quality of life. I know even for us here at one ones away. You know, we're constantly trying to bridge this gap of like, yes, our kids need to—they eat, they want to eat mac and cheese every day—but we're trying to make, you know, a whole whole foods and whole grains and and not eating meat every every day. I uh, mean, most of my, my my family's all vegetarian outside of me, but even for myself, it's like, you know, I'm trying to go three or four days a week without eating meat. Just we don't need it to eat it every day. So, um, so I'm definitely on the bandwagon bag, uh, bandwagon with Stephen's idea here. Um, so it's a great opportunity. All right so we'll listen to it's called in the Color Blue. This was off the Sugar People 2008 record. I know you guys all have it. you guys have probably already heard it you know what am I talking about? You guys already know this. so all right guys, hope you guys all have a great uh, great rest of the, the time and um, you know let's listen to this track and I'll talk to you all later.
1: Past from on. The water slowly drained and she stayed strong. There's hope in so many ways There can't be light to a darkest day In your mind or in a book, is it clear? Single out the things that make you hate. Only you can make when a change. change.